Hello, everyone, and welcome to Real Talk episode 50, the big 5-0. And we're joined with the guest today, Mr. Kean Mulligan, Kean Film on TikTok. Thank you so much for joining us today. We got a pretty fun episode for you. We're going to be going our three top 20 thrillers of all time, a ranking of them. We're going to go around the around the call and give you all of our favorite thrillers. And then we're going to do a little Seth versus Kean trivia. I got 30 questions prepared, and that's going to be fun. I got them broken down into three categories of pre-2000s movies, post 2000s movies and then i scouted your guys's favorites list on letterbox and picked 10 specific questions from movies that are based on your guys's favorite movies of all time list so i think it should be a fun little trivia that's catered to your guys's tastes so yeah with that being said let's just jump into it so first i wanted to start with kian welcome to the to the episode tell us uh tell us a little bit about yourself because i think uh most of us know you as the kind of guy who who's just logged like everything on letterbox it seems but everything yeah, yeah give it give us everything. a rundown for people yeah. who might not know who you are what 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 are you all about on uh for your film um well i i'm just like all of you like i just watch movies talk about movies on my uh on my on my tiktok but basically what i do more or less and what i have done for the last three or four years is try to consume as much media not even just movies just media as i can so I have 5,200 films logged on my letterbox or something like that. Didn't you and... hit like 7,000 like last month or something? It wasn't long ago. Was it, it was two months ago or something like that. No, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. That's not too bad. Yeah. Um, and I decided to get TikTok just because I feel like there's a lot of films that nobody talks about that I feel like I've seen and I wanted to talk to let people know that there are a lot of good movies out there that nobody's talking about. So I wanted to just spread my knowledge get people watching some good films, inspire some people to watch some good films. That's what I do. That's my do, you, do you study film as well? I don't, no. I'm I'm not even in uni yet. I'm going in September and I'm doing, I think film was my second option, but I'm doing, um, what am I even doing? You, you probably uh, should, to be honest. Yeah, I probably should have. Yeah, it's communications. <laughs> it's communications. It's like, it's, it's media. So it's around okay. the same kind of path, but it's not, it's not film. Oh, because I saw you do some of your reviews on Letterbox that were like uh, long ones, and I thought you said you were you were practicing for something or another. I, I assumed you were doing film at uh, uni. Oh no, in Ireland we have um, in Ireland we have a leave insert, so it's like the GCSEs basically, or I don't know what you have in in the US. Yeah, but it's like the biggest test you do before uni. And yeah. um, I had my English exam the day before, and for some reason, whenever I write a Letterbox review, I always remember more or less what i say in it so i just put in like the best phrases and words and whatever i could use to try remember as much as many good things as i could didn't you do one in irish as well that was from my irish exam yeah uh okay so it was a whole bunch of like sentences that i could use from my irish essay did you see that one tyler i did not i missed that one but fun read. It <laughs> yeah, I, fucking weird, I'm sure know? I'd understand it for sure. But yeah, I remember my first, I think like the first Kian video I remember seeing on TikTok. It's been a long time at this point. I feel like we've been mutuals for at least like half a year or something like that or more. But um, I remember it being one of those yeah. like classic, like if you've seen, you know, 27 of these 30 films, we can be friends. And like usually like what, with us in the film community on TikTok, we're like, okay, maybe we can have more ticked off than the average Joe. Yeah. It was one of those that like you got like the first one was like probably like an obvious one, like eternal sunshine, spotless mind. And the next 29 were all like stuff that probably has like 150 logs on letterbox. I'm like, man, I thought I, I thought I had at least some of these covered and I just got like one of those on there. So it was, yeah, he does like the extreme ones. Ian does the like 
extreme edition. It's like it's not even name if you can get if you've seen fifteen out of thirty. It's like if you've seen one out of thirty, you yeah. win. And I'm sorry, yeah. I love. I struggle with it. People get so triggered about them as well online. It's really funny. Oh, the comments are hurt. Like, I, I love making those videos because it's just a way to, you just, it's like, I think that, I, I think with the sound, I can get 26 films in. And instead of, instead of talking about them, I literally can name 26 films in 26 seconds. And it just gets people aware of so many films. Yeah. But I'd say about four-fifths of all the comments like 80 percent of all the comments are all just calling me pretentious and saying like why are you trying to be different that sort of stuff yeah like what's wrong with you like bro thinks he's better than all all rubbish like that and then there's the other like 20 percent who are like why is everybody so angry he's just you know letting us know what films he likes guys come on just be be grateful that he's letting us know about all these good films well the thing is what i quite like is that you've seen so many but yet your favorites are still your favorites that you've had so eternal sunshine zodiac old boy yeah, for, yeah. for example and you still kind of kept them going to your favorites even though you've seen so much i'm assuming you watched them for, for a few years ago for the first time like zodiac and stuff oh like that. I, I saw them ages ago um but like if you look at my top 30 like if you didn't know how many films i'd watched and you just look at my top 30 favorite films you'd think i saw like 800 films like if you think i saw a decent amount but you wouldn't think it'd be anywhere near as much as as what i'm on yeah isn't the just cat because... isn't the cat in the hat in your favorites <sighs> list that's so cat in the hat is top 60 or something it's we, there. It's you have there. uh you have been in your favorites i put that in my 100 favorites list as well did you put it in yours yeah the it's original disaster movie not top 10 not okay not beans holiday yeah the original beans fucking hilarious one i love it's it. brilliant yeah have you seen the mr bean films tyler uh let's see so what what are all the different ones i've seen miss so well, there's two films the live action films are Mr. Bean's Holiday, which was the second one, and then Mr. Bean uh, Disaster Movie, which was the the like late nineties one, I think, like ninety eight. Uh, none of those ringing the bells. So I guess I haven't seen them, but I thought, uh, yeah, I get Mr. Smith and Mr. Bean. Mixed the one up. where he, uh, the one where he ruins the painting. Yeah, the ninety five one. <laughs> it's so funny. I think that's very much in a like a British, well, not British and Kings, but like a a culture around this kind of part of the world more than America is like Mr. Bean and like I don't know if you've seen. Kevin and Perry, Keen, by any chance, or know what it is? I have done that. No idea. Really? Okay, interesting. Because these are like classic comedies we speak about around here that aren't particularly well received. Because if you look at the ratings for like a Mr. Bean and stuff, they're not rated particularly high, especially on Letterboxd and stuff like that, which is yeah. interesting. I think they're just more focused um, around here in particular. But yeah, it has, it has like a 3.1 or something on yeah, Letterboxd. 3.1 out of 5. It's crazy. Nuts. It is when those films were comedies. Well, it's it's like you know when you compare it to like the American comedies and stuff because there's a bigger audience for them, especially in America. Like the the usual comedies we see, the ratings on them it does kind of surprise you because I think the first Mr. Bean, and not to harp on about Mr. Bean for anyone listening, but I think it's really funny. Like I genuinely think it's like oh really yeah, funny. like as I'm watching it, I'm thinking how how is this a three point one? Like this like it's so good, and obviously I'm biased because I loved Mr. Bean as a kid and I saw it when I was like. I don't know, eight or something. Yeah, so, so. But the the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, this cannot be a three point one. Like people, like, am I, am I seeing people other people aren't or something? Probably. The amount, the amount of scenes in it where I'm like, surely I'm not the only person who finds that the funniest thing ever. Like, like you know, you know when he ruins the painting Steve? and he puts and he draws the face on it. That is. And your fella, he, he turns it around to to what's what's his name, David or something. And he goes, "Oh, Mother of Mary, Jesus Christ, oh Lord, oh God damn!" 
I, I, one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I think Tyler, that should be your like, that should be your your salad because you got key in on the episode. I think you should watch Mr. Bean this week if you can. Okay. Um, it's really, yeah, yeah, yeah. That can be like, I think we should do that with guests, Tyler. Like, they can have one recommendation that we all have to watch if we haven't seen it. And then Keen's can be not anything weird or obscure. Well, weird, but Mr. Bean, the first one, that is your your task for the week anyway, I would say. Sounds good. Um, I guess, so not to put you on the spot, Keen, but I guess, what would you say are like three of your favorite directors and like three of your favorite movies? Just so people like who don't know, you can just get like kind of a gauge for your general like favorites. Top three, I'll do movies first. I'm not certain on directors. Movies that go old boy number three, Zodiac number two and Eternal Sunshine Spot is my number one just because not necessarily the best films I've seen but the films that either got me into film or the films I've rewatched the most the films that mean the most to me or whatever and directors I'd say Park Chan Wook's probably my favourite I'd say second favourites he hasn't made a lot of films but I love all of them Martin McDonough and yeah. third might go I'll, I'll do an arty one just, just to have something I'll go Bellatar love Bellatar oh really? Yeah, I didn't know you were. A, I, I actually, I've not seen any Bellator. I'll be honest, his films just look intimidating to me. Not even just Satan Tango, but is it the the Turing Horse that he's done as well? Is that Bellator? Yeah, uh, yeah, the Turing Horse, Satan Tango, Workmaster Harmonies. Yeah, they, I love, I love all of them. They kind of scare me. Um, just like they don't, the, they they should. It doesn't sound like my kind of film. Like I feel, it's it, like I should be really bored by it, but the entire time I'm watching it, I'm just like I was just in awe like it's just it's just so dark but kind of so pretty at the same time yes yeah, it makes yeah i just scared of them because like I, I feel like they, they'd be similar to like tarkovsky who i'm not having a great time with do you know what i mean i don't like tarkovsky either that's the weird thing i don't like I, like i like some of his films but i'm not his biggest fan um so i shouldn't like benatar as much as i do but for some reason i just love him yeah, so for Martin McDonough, is Three Billboards or is In Bruges your favorite from him? Because I know, I think, I think I remember on your Banshees review, you said you didn't like it as much as Three Billboards, but is Three Billboards or In Bruges number one for you? In Bruges, yeah, yeah. Bruges. yeah. just because the, the Irish yeah. connection to it. Yeah, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. I still haven't seen uh, Three Billboards, Five Billboards, Three Billboards. I don't, three billboards, billboards. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know billboards. why I haven't seen it. I because I love. Obviously, I love Banshee. That's my favorite from Martin Donner. I also like Seven Psychopaths a lot as well. I think that kind of goes under. Yeah. I still think that's really, really good. Um, but In Bruges is also fantastic. It doesn't surprise. I think if you have like an Irish connection as well, you're going to favor it a little bit over the American, you know, the American, the, the American audience kind of film. Um, yeah, yeah, interesting picks. It's kind of I, I expected Park Chan Wook and, and and Martin Madonna. I definitely expected those two. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, yeah. let, let's get into our top 20 thrillers of all time. So we each have a list of 20 we prepare, prepared here. So what we're going to do is we're going to go around one by one, and we're going to give 20 through 11. So, you know, maybe saying a sentence or two on each of them from 20 through 11, um, giving them all at once for each of us. And then once we get to our top 10, we'll go one by one. We'll each give our number 10, each give our number 9. We'll go a little more in depth into it, but um, we'll start with Kian as the guest. So... From number 20 down to number 11, let's hear your top 20 through 11 thrillers of all time. And we also talked about this before we clicked record that thrillers, genres in general are hard for movies. Some of them are obviously clear cut. You're like, that movie is clearly a thriller. There's some that kind of blur the lines. This isn't a draft. So we kind of said like, you know what, if someone considers some a thriller that other people really don't, 
it's it's their ranking. So do do what you please. But obviously, we know like IMDb and Letterboxd list like three to five genres for every movie. So a lot of things could yeah. be considered thrillers that maybe aren't necessarily thrillers. But it's it's a ranking, not a draft. So let's hear it. Twenty through eleven. Key in the floor is yours. Uh, in twenty, one of my favorite David Lynch films, Blue Velvet. Uh, Nineteen is a film that used to be in, like my top thirty, but the more time goes on, I dislike it more and more. But I still have it in my heart. So it's Nightcrawler. Nineteen. Uh, 18 the wages of fear um oh it was remade remade by um william friedkin who died recently who did yeah. sorcerer uh wages of fear is the french version and uh, it's really good more people should watch it uh 17 is a really underrated film named narc um one of my favorite openings of all time it's like eight minutes long and it's just breathless throughout the whole thing uh one of the best political movies of all time in 16 i have z uh 15 i have memento my favorite christopher nolan film 14, a film that I don't talk about as much as I should because I love it, uh, JFK. Never see anybody talk oh, about it, but okay. it's three hours long. Find it so entertaining. Uh, 13, another film nobody talks about is The Invisible Guest. I think whenever somebody asks for a recommendation, that's like my go-to because it's two hours long, has a great plot twist. It's full of twists and turns. It's just really accessible and enjoyable. Uh, 12 is, it's very similar to Hitchcock films. Nobody talks about it. Uh, but I actually like this more than every single Alfred Hitchcock film and nobody talks about it. Bunny Lake is missing, number 12. Oh. And 11, one of my favorite, Akira Kurosawa's High and Low. Wow. I did not expect to have not seen as many of them as I have. I, I've, I've probably seen half of them. That's crazy. Yeah, well, 10, 10 through 1 is more kind of, is more, yes. Yeah, 10 through 1 is more generic choices. But uh, yeah, 11 to 20 is a bit. I, I like the picture. There's a few that I definitely have on. Well, Blue Velvet was one I was, I didn't know if we'd consider that a thriller. Yeah. Lynch is kind of a weird one where it's like they're like mystery is the primary thing, but I, I guess they're all kind of thrilling in their own way. So I might have to uh, yeah. squeeze that in mind, to be honest. Tyler, do you want to go first so I can just make these changes? Yeah, sure. Yeah, JFK is a beast of a movie that I, I, since Oppenheimer came out, a lot of people made the comparisons to JFK and Oliver Stone, and it's a three and a half hour movie that ever since I heard the comparisons, I'm like, well, I loved Oppenheimer, so I really want to dive into JFK. But yeah, the three and a half hour runtime has just been intimidating for me. But that's one that like I've almost pressed play on so much the past couple of weeks. So maybe there's my sign. It's in your top 20 thrillers that I need to give it a watch. Cause cast is crazy. Kevin it's Costner, Gary really Oldman, good. Tommy Lee Jones, Donald Sutherland, John Candy. Yeah, I need to watch it as well. Joe Pesci. John Jeez. Candy, really crazy. out of place. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, so, okay, Seth, do you want me to go? So I'll go 20 through 11. So at 20, I have Good Time by the Safdie Brothers. Uh, really enjoyed that one. Didn't see it until last year, um, but was blown yeah, away by how much, I, how much I enjoyed it. Uh, Robert Pattinson in general, I feel like the general public just needs to start diving into his filmography deeper than just the Batman and the Twilight movies because that's what obviously like 99% of people know him from. But he between the Batman and Twilight, he had so many gems of movies, including Tenet, which I really love, but it's not on my top 20 list. Um, 19, I've Shutter Island. Uh, 18, Get Out, which obviously Get Out's like a big, like, is it a thriller? Is it a horror? But I'm counting it here as a thriller. I'd say thriller. Yeah. I'd say thriller. Yeah. Either, either way, if, it's, if you're going to call it a horror, it's also a horror thriller, whatever. 17, I've Argo. The way they were able to make standing in a line at the airport so thrilling, just instantly made me love it so much but I, I really like Ben Affleck as a director in general actually um, 16 in common with Kean I have Memento uh, incredible movie from Christopher Nolan like so early on in his career you could tell like 
stuff he did in following, you could see him pull threads of that and try and flesh it out a little more in Memento. Um, 15, I have Persona, yeah. obviously one of the favorites of Seth, which I, I would consider that a thriller. I could see why some people might just say it's like purely a, a drama, but I, I call Persona really? a thriller. You don't you don't think oh, you don't think it's a thriller? Not really. I, I wouldn't be against the thriller. But if it is, I'm putting it in mind right now. That's crazy. Well, um, IMDb listed as a drama or a thriller. I feel like it's got I feel like it's got thriller elements into it for sure. It has, yeah, no, I think. Uh, oh shit, that's fucked me. Um, well, okay, you can continue making live edits on the fly. Number fourteen is Blowout. <laughs> um, I think it's. It's not my favorite John Travolta movie, but I think it's John Travolta's best performance I've seen out of him. 13, I have Fight Club. Uh, it's obviously a film bro classic movie, but it's one of those that can't really knock. Like I do think it is genuinely a very good film, even if the, the fan base can be a little annoying. 12, I have Wind River. I yeah. think the dialogue in it's pretty dreadful, but everything else besides that I think is phenomenal. Um, 11, The Silence of the Lambs. Again, similar to Get Out, like horror, thriller, kind of blurs the lines. Um, oh yeah, I was about to go ten, but yeah, there we go. Twenty through eleven. There's my picks, and hopefully, I bought you enough enough time, Seth. Well, I've not really made any changes because I feel like it's like what your perception of a thriller is. Yeah, you know which I mean? is so, fine. Yeah, yeah. I'll go. So twenty, I've got uh, Kotoko, which is the Shinya Sakamoto uh, anxiety-inducing kind of horror thriller, amazing film. Really, really. Vastly underappreciated um, in his filmography, especially, but altogether, I think it's incredible. Uh, 19, I've got Blue Velvet, which was Mulholland Drive, but Blue Velvet, I kind of have higher than Mulholland Drive, so I'm going to go with that. 18, I actually have The Lighthouse, which I don't think is a horror. I personally consider The Lighthouse a thriller. Uh, 17, I've got Prisoners. 16, I've got one of my favorite Hitchcocks, Rear Window, um, I believe it's second. 15, I have Park Chan Wook's The Handmaiden. 13, um, uh, 14. I went from 15 to 13 then. Can we ignore that? 14, I have um, Satoshi Khan's Perfect Blue. A, a, a relatively recent watch for me, but one that blew me away completely. I think it's a, a genius script. Um, 13, I have Michael Haneke's Funny Games, the original, not the uh, American remake, which I haven't actually yet seen, but I know he did it, so I probably should watch it. 12, I actually have Unbreakable, M. Night's Unbreakable, which I, I consider it was listed on imdb i'm sure george will love that pick tyler um <laughs> hey, no hatred's uh, coming from me you know i'm more of an m night fan yeah, than yeah, both cam and george and unbreakable is a 4.5 out of 5 for me so I, i'm a big fan and 11 i actually have my favorite hitchcock and granted i've only seen nine or ten so i'm not you know well versed in his filmography but dial m for murder i think it's so much fun i i, I love dial m for murder i think it's a fantastic mystery thriller and that is gonna be my yeah that's 11 so i'll do that all right, there we go. There's all cool. our 20 through 11s. Now we're going to just go one by one, just listing off our top 10. So number 10, what do you got, Kian? Let's hear it. And you can go a little more in depth into this one, why you love it or something than, than we did with the 20 through 11s. So number 10, Kian, number 10 thrill of all time. Okay, so kicking off my top 10 is a film made in 1949. And typically films from those era, from that era, I don't really like. Um, I just I don't like the dialogue or the settings or I just don't really? like how it looks or feels. Oh, I just I don't like classic Hollywood films. I don't like forties or fifties much. Um, but this is the exception. The third man, Carol Reed's the third man, is oh, okay. exceptional. Love it. Uh, number nine is maybe the no no, no hold most on. We're going one by one now. Underrated. So we're going one by one now. So okay, 10, sorry, you sorry, got sorry. a good. The third man. So the, I remember I did I did I did a TikTok series back in the day of like 
movies where someone comes in at the very end, like a, a big name actor comes out at the very end, surprisingly. And everyone in the comments was always like the third man. It's a perfect example of this with Orson Welles. Spoiler alert to a movie from 60 years ago, but uh, he comes in at the very end. And that's like kind of like the first example, at least that I know of where it's like a very well-known actor who's just like not in the movie for the majority of it. And then comes in at the very end and just throws a wrench into the plot. Um, so yeah, Seth, number yeah. 10. Or wait, no, it's yeah, me number it? 10, my, I guess, because I guess we were going the other way. Yeah, so yeah, my, yeah. my number 10 is Parasite. Um, not not, not a very controversial pick there. Parasite it's an incredible movie. Um, it's actually not my highest rated Bong Joon-ho movie, but phenomenal movie. That's more a credit to Bong Joon-ho as opposed to a slight Parasite. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I think Parasite is one of those films, and I will go into that in a bit, actually. I think Parasite is one of those films that got so much, so much praise and it does kind of annoy me, Parasite, in a way, because it, you know, obviously, it was the first non-English language film to win Best Picture, so it gets spoken about more than thousands of other non-English language films. But I do think it deserves all the plaudits it gets. I think, I think it's that good, so it makes sense. Uh, my ten is going to be a, a one that I don't need to speak about too much. One that kind of the earlier ones get me into film. Watched it like ten years ago, my mom for the first time. Uh, Silence of the Lambs, of course, um, is granted to be on. A lot of lists, and I, I do think it, it, it stands up as being one of the best thrillers I've seen. Um, and this, I actually realized, well, my 10 to 1 is where I get into my 5 out of 5s. So thriller is actually the genre I have my most 5 out of 5s as well. So I've got 10 in the thriller genre. Uh, so yeah, Silence of the Lambs is my number 10. Nice, nice. All right, Kian, number 9. Number 9, not, not the most underrated, but maybe the, the film that nobody talks about that i feel like deserves to be talked about the most if that makes sense um it is a japanese film named mermaid legend i've spoken about it a few times before because i feel like people yeah, need to see it it's like a it's a revenge film about a woman who's trying to um well, get vengeance after she's done wrong we'll, so we'll put it we'll put it simply after she's done wrong um it's like an hour and a half and it almost goes in stages like the first half an hour is almost kind of like a comedy and it's kind of happy and magical. Then the second half an hour is a drama. And then the last half an hour is just an all out thriller, bloodbath action movie. It's incredible. Way more people should see it. Highly, highly recommend it. I remember you speaking about that mm-hmm. one in a video, I think. Yeah, I, I, I think, think I've, I've seen a couple of videos or maybe a video or two of you talking about that one. Yeah, I definitely need to, need to get on that one. Um, yeah. My number nine, uh, similar to what Keen was kind of saying. So this is not the most underrated because it's rated pretty highly, but probably the most under talked about Denis Villeneuve film that's in the English language, I would say is Sicario for me. Like when I first watched that back in high school, I was blown away how much I loved it. The, the twist of that twist is pretty great in it. But ultimately the thing that I always remember about is just the scene of them trying to get back into America through border patrol. That's just such a thrilling scene. Kind of like talking about with Argo making a standing in line at the airport. So thrilling. Sicario just waiting in that car waiting to get let back into America was so intense just on the edge of your seat holding your breath um yeah very good very good movie and I feel like Denis Villeneuve everyone obviously talks about Blade Runner 2049 Dune but Sicario I think is genuinely very good movie um when I moved to Phoenix because the opening scene is like where like you know the opening scene when like there's a big bomb in Chandler Arizona that kind of sets things into motion of the of the drug industry that's like 20 minutes for me so when i was moving here i was like shit like am i about to be moving into just like cartel territory it's not exactly as as much of a wasteland as the movie make you think out here but i did drive right by uh ciudad juarez which is right on the border of el paso which is where they'd cross the border and do it and yeah what like uh, 
purely from that movie, which probably might not be a good thing because I feel like it's a little bit of a stereotype. But now because of that movie, like driving by there, I'm just like, fuck, dude, get me away from here. I can't be here. It can't be in this area. Um, but yeah, number nine for Seth. Yeah, so my number nine is is, is definitely the opposite of um, underrated. No, actually, that would be overrated. It's just, it's a very known film. It's it, this actually used to be in my top five of all time when I was younger. When it, actually when it first came out, which was like twenty seventeen, like Jordan Peele's Get Out. For me, his 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 best film by by a long shot. I actually like both Us and Nope and The Find, but I think the the Get Out is a genius script. I think it'll stand the test of time. I think it, it, it showcases um, his excellence when writing uh, political and social commentary. I think it's so fascinating. I think it has so much rewatch value. And even though it's not as high on my list as it would be then, I think it comes in at like the 50s or, or like early 60s. Um, it really, really um, is a film that I think is one of the best of the last of, of the 2010s in general uh, and one that deserves all the praise it gets. And for me, Jordan Peele's best best script by, by, mm-hmm. by a long way, I would say. Yeah. That's just it's just such a crazy debut too because obviously before that ninety nine percent of people knew him and just as the guy from Key and Peele as a sketch comedy yeah. silly goofy video making kind of guy and then to drop Get Out from that perception of him just as a silly comedy guy making sketch comedy with Keegan Michael Key to that was just such a crazy dichotomy. I, I also think that like it it's also kind of put him at a bit bit of a disadvantage in releasing Get Out as his debut because. A lot of the negative reception, not from myself, but a lot of the ne- negative reception from us and Nope was that they were let down after Get Out and they kind of wanted to see a similar formula where it followed the same sort of horror-ish lead, where, whereas Jordan Peele has a lot of ideas that he wants to execute and a lot of different commentaries he wants to execute, but everyone is expecting similar themes, a similar film, and a film of the same of the same stature, which is going to be very, very hard because when you set yourself up for an amazing debut... Get Out, in my opinion, is one of the better debuts I've seen. It's like, okay, Kian, for example, you've seen The Night of the Hunter, haven't you? Charles Lawson's Night of the Hunter. Yeah. yeah. So it's like that. He did one film. He made a really good debut, and then he just didn't make another film. Because at the same time, it's like when you make these great debuts, it's so hard to get out of people just knowing you for that and just focusing on that. So I think it actually puts them a bit of a disadvantage just how good Get Out was, in my opinion. I know a lot of people actually think that Nope is one of his best films. Oh, well, his best film. I think it's very much a, 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 a choose whichever one fish best. But yeah, for me, is um, definitely my top kind of five of the 2010s, I would say. Kian, number eight. Number eight, a film that Seth already talked about. I feel like Seth and I are like the two people who are dragging this film through uh, film talk, Unbreakable. Um, yeah. My favorite superhero film, one of the films that properly got me into film, I remember my cousin showed it to me, and one of my favorite plot twists of all time, some of my favorite characters of all time, Bruce Willis's best performance by like a long, oh long way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the score as well. I think James Horner did the score. One of my favorite scores ever. Um, yeah, really, really good film. Favorite superhero film, and a film that should get a lot more love. Especially, I watched a few episodes of this, and this, and it was getting a bit of a stick from a, a few members who aren't here today. But it's a film that should be appreciated a lot more. No, I'll tell you what it is, Kian. It's a film that would get a lot more appreciation if it wasn't directed by a certain M9. That's that's literally it. That is true. That is. And like Tyler, I know you you liked it, didn't you? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, four point five out of five for me. Same rating as both of you. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We're we're the unbreakable defender squad right here. I'm not an M9 hater. Like I dislike some of his movies, but I'm definitely not 
Cam and George in terms of being very anti M Night whatsoever. Um, but yeah, yeah. What, what did Cam give Unbreakable? I, I think he's seen actually. Like, I actually it, don't like think he has seen it. But and, yeah, and he, to be fair, I lumped him in with George. But Cam's not really as str- it's it's mainly just George. It's very anti M Night. But George gives it a three. So yeah. I guess that's like the peak yeah. of him for M Night is a three. So. Not great. I also don't think it's the best M Night film though. I I do think Signs takes that spot for me. I I, I love Signs so much. One. I know you're not huge on Signs, are you? I'm not. No. I feel like Signs in the Village. I love the Village. It's kind of one or the other. They're similar films, but I feel like people either love one and then don't like the other. I think Signs is decent. I don't really like the the whole twist element to it. Um, but I love the Village. I think the Village is. A really great film that more people should talk about. Again, the twist in it is not great, but really, really it's amazing. It's great in the village. I think it's really. I don't. I feel like there's no kind of, there's no, there's nothing in the writing that builds up to it. It's just kind of like revealed, and you're there, like, oh, there. I guess I think I know what you mean actually because I I I like the village, but I don't I don't love it. It's not near my favorite M Night, but Signs is. I think it maybe is a pick and choose, especially with that. Um, Tyler, have you seen the village? Nope, I have. That's one of like two M nights I haven't seen. I think the Village and the Visit I haven't seen. I think the Visit's okay, but anyway, yeah, Kid, give, give you your next one. Is it Kid? No, he just gave Unbreakable. It's um, yeah. oh yeah, sorry. So yeah, yeah my number eight uh, debut. I don't think it's his best film, but I think it's my favorite film of him, and it's Quentin Tarantino's debut of Reservoir Dogs. Uh, just absolutely love the entire script. All the cast is incredible. The the ear scene is just crazy. I love the the steel book. I've seen some people have on TikTok of Reservoir Dogs with like the the slip cover with the. Do you have it, Seth? Yeah. Or, oh yeah. Okay. Because I remember. You, I think you've seen it too. Is it? It's the slip cover that has like the bloody ear, just super gnarly. But yeah, this it's. I think Pulp Fiction to me is. The best Tarantino, but Reservoir Dogs is probably my favorite Tarantino. And Seth is next, but I'll just fill some airtime while he's feverishly searching for his steelbook. Is it that one? Yeah, that that, that steelbook's nice. Yeah. The sex. I really like this one. Yeah. I've seen it before, yeah. Um, yeah. Number eight. Is it me? Seth. Yep, number eight. So I will go for one that was already spoken about by Tyler, and that is one that I actually didn't realize would be this high for me, but shows how good it is, and that is Bon Joon-ho's Parasite. Um, again, like Tyler said, not my favorite film of his, so I'm assuming we both have one coming up. I would, I would take an assumption there. Yeah, Parasite, I think, is genius. Uh, a genius commentary on social classes, on the rich, on the poor, on a family dynamic. I think it's, it's basically two films in one, and I think it is as impressive as everyone makes it out. I do wish people would speak about Bon Joon-ho's other projects as much as Parasite is touched on, because I think what Bon Joon-ho excels at is putting comedic elements into films which are of a really dark nature like a, a film we'll speak about down the line um and like like others as well like 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 host snowpiercer um mother for example but i think yeah parasite is as incredible as, as most people say it is and I, I do believe it's to be um i think it might be my my third favorite of the 2010s somewhere around there so it's definitely really really high up and i think it's a yeah i think i think it's a really really great film that deserves all the praise it gets yeah, Parasite's an interesting one. It's kind of like a double-edged sword because on one hand, it does dominate the the international film discussion, but at the same time, I think a lot of people, like a, a huge amount of people, is probably their first experience with international film. 
So expose them to South Korean film, especially like people probably saw Parasite that just aren't, aren't super well versed in film, but they saw, you know, it won an Oscar. Everyone's talking about I'll watch Parasite. Maybe that introduced them to Park Chan-wook. And then they started diving into international film a little more and branching out from there. So I think for half the people, they saw Parasite, and that's still probably like the only foreign language film they've seen. And the other half of people, I think it was a great like entryway into starting to expand their taste. So, yeah, it's kind of like there, there's pros and cons to it being so heavy I, in the co- conversation. I actually agree with you because I think Parasite also did a thing where it actually probably helped Park Chan-wook be more popular as a director in the Western audience as well because of the fact that you'll notice a lot of the time when it comes to people who, you know, haven't watched as much uh, films as you know Kean per se, um, which is everyone most of the time. But you know Kean's a bad example anyway. But when people have, have started watching film, you'll notice when they say that kind of what country they like a lot of film from, it's, it's it often tends to be South Korea um, with Park Chan Wook's films and with Bong Joon Ho's films. And I think part of the reason for that is Parasite putting those on the map. I think that's why Old Boy has become so popular in the last couple of years. When I first watched Old Boy back in. I know, 2017, I spoke to people in, in real life about it. No one had heard of Old Boy. No one had heard of yeah. it. You know, in, in a non-film space anyway. Whereas I speak to people now, and a lot of people have heard of Old Boy, and it's really making its way up, especially with the restoration they're delivering this year in, in, in America. Uh, you're getting like a 4K release and stuff like that. Um, I do think it did a lot of good. It just annoys me how people don't talk about other international films, and it's always Parasite because that was the one that got the the plaudits in the western audience but saying that i do think it's uh it's amazing so yeah definitely deserves to to get that praise yep for sure all right kian, kian yep. number seven seventh is a film that i have talked about a fair bit on my uh on my tiktok page it's amaris peros um oh, okay. i after i watch a good film and i think my mom would enjoy it or my dad would enjoy it i always rewatch it with them just to well i just to show them a good film, but also, also to rewatch it, just to watch it again, uh, and that's one of the films that I could not show my mom. My mom like loves dogs. We have seven dogs. I I could not show the film to my mom because she, she's a bit sensitive. Like I showed her Old Boy, and that was like teetering on the edge of being a bit too much for her. But something that's as like brutal and has scenes like Amoris Peros has with dogs, uh, I could not show that to her. I'm not watching that. Um, I've not watched this for ages. If it's got like weird dog murdering scenes, I'm not watching it. Is that animals is a, is, is a place for me where it's like really hard for me to watch dogs do you know what i mean i just hate watching. oh dogs yeah no I, there's there's one scene in it where it's like in my skull like ingrained in my mind it's like it's traumatic as it happened i don't really get like in like i don't really have like my jaw dropped per se when i'm watching a film but that's yeah. as close as i ever got it was like I actually I didn't I think I watched it in bed on my on my computer at like 3 a.m. and I literally like stayed up for like 15 minutes after it with like my eyes like hollowed out like what did I do? That was on your disturbing movies list, was it not? Do you post? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I've had that on my watch list for ages. I think it's on I think it's on movie or BF5. I've done watch this for ages, uh, but it, that is one of those that I've been deliberately putting off because I've heard of the animal sequence and stuff like that, and that really. Do you know what I mean? It's different when it's like dogs and stuff and you own dogs and you yeah. have dogs. It's really hard to watch a lot of the time. But I do need to get around to it because everyone, I've had messages of, of recommended Amoris Paris for me like so many times. So I, yeah, I definitely get why you'd have it though. Yeah. Tyler. Yeah, my number seven is what Seth and I were kind of preluding to. It's Memories of Murder. It's uh, I hold it higher than Parasite personally. Um, like Seth also prefaced earlier, he blends comedy in so well with just 
some of the most visceral imagery and thrilling and dark scenarios in his films, but like the drop kicks, the, the banter between the, the detectives in the office, like there's just so much moments in that that like, give you a relief drop of kick. a chuckle. Yeah. The drop kicks drop are amazing. Kick. And then the, yeah. the, the final yeah. end, the ending scene is just so memorable as well. Um, aptly named memories of murder. Um, yeah, so good. I, I put it off for so long and finally watched it. Like it's one of the first films I watched in 2023. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's my favorite Bong Joon-ho, but in general, like you were saying, like most people just talk about parasite, but yeah, like host, uh, snow piercer, like pretty much every movie I've ever seen from him, I, I've tended to enjoy, but snow piercer is probably like my least favorite, but even that's like a 7.7 out of 10 for me. So, and I, I haven't seen all of his films, of course, but, but yeah, Seth to you for seven. Yeah. Uh, so my number seven is one that like I would consider a thriller. Um, I don't know if you've seen it yet, Tyler. So Kian, you can be the judge of this, and that is uh, Michael Mann's Thief. Um, I would personally yeah. consider it a crime thriller. There is a lot of thrilling sequences in it. Uh, I, I love, I, I love Michael Mann's work. Um, well, specifically Miami Vice, Heat, and Thief. I'm not huge on Collateral personally, um, and I also like can't remember the name of it. But I won't go into all of his songs right now, but. Um, Thief for me is just it's one of those kind of weird comfort watches I have, I think the atmospheric fires I think it's a, Thief is like a taxi driver where it's the perfect nighttime watch it has some of my favourite sequences ever such as the uh, the diner sequence with the conversation I think is amazing and I think it's so phenomenal on a technical aspect with this just endearing soundtrack a brutal ending the, the ending is so iconic and electric and I think it also has that 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 like unique charm where some of the acting i will even be honest isn't to the level of what we see in a lot of action films, but i think it has that unique 80s action charm especially with the interrogation sequences as well um and thief i would argue to actually be james khan's best performance i'm actually going to say um over things like the godfather over uh, misery for example i think he he just excels so much and uh, thief is definitely one of my favorite probably my favorite heist film of all time uh, along with Heat and probably a couple of us, but I'm going to go with, yeah, Thief for my number seven. Uh, have you seen Manhunter, Seth? No, so Manhunter, I actually, I was actually around at my mum's last week because we, I usually watch films with her when, when I go around, and we were going to put it on, but that's one that's not available any, on any services for some reason, isn't it? Is it the Manhunter and... Oh, yeah, The Insider as well. That's Insider, the one on like, yeah. Disney+. Plus. That's the inside is the one with obviously Al Pacino and like Russell Crowe, and I haven't seen that one or Manhunter yet, so I do, I do need to get around to both of them. But I like everything else. I actually, them. I actually like Manhunter more than Thief. I, from what I've heard, it doesn't surprise me because Manhunter is obviously the yeah. the prequel to the like Silence of the Lambs, isn't it? I think prequel or is in that? Yeah, kind of... so it's the same villain. Same villain, yeah. It has Hannibal Lecter, yeah. Yeah, so I, I I do actually need to watch that. I might watch it. Well, not today because. I'm on my 2,500 film. I don't know if you guys saw my tweet, but I've been basically suggested. I basically said, like, someone picked my 2,500 of whatever gets the most likes, I'll watch. And I know, like, Kian did it, and you're 5,000. Was it, like, Thomas the Tank? Uh, yeah. You're 5,000? Yeah, I got Thomas and the Magic Railroad for 5,000. Do you know what I got? I got um, a Kirin yeah. Kurosawa's man. Hmm. I mean, you I, been, you've been gifted. I know, big that's, time, that, That's one of the best films of that. Yeah, it's one. It was a two thousand five hundred film. That's yeah, it. It's one of my watches. I've had on watches for like years as well. So I've actually been gifted with that one. Uh, but yeah, Thief is is my number seven. Kian, six. Uh, 
Are we on number six? Yeah, I have this higher than both of you, which I'm actually kind of surprised at. Uh, Parasite. I don't want to talk too much because I know both of you have already discussed it. Um, yeah, a film that I never really talk about, and you don't. I was actually surprised I was making the list. Do you know what I mean? I kind of avoid talking about it because I feel like everybody knows about it. Um, but even looking at a sixth, I'm not sure if it's right. I it was in fifth, and then I swapped it with what I what I'm going to have next. Um, but Parasite is still really good. I've seen it like four times. Rewatch value of it is incredible. Um, I watched it expecting it to be overrated. The first time I watched it, I was like, okay, it's just a, a foreign film, and everybody's watching the first foreign film, and they're going to think it's amazing just because it's the first foreign film. But it really is every bit as good as you want it to be. Um, I watched it with my mom, watched it with my dad, watched it with my cousin, watched it with my aunties. I've rewatched it with family over and over again because I know they're really going to like it. Really accessible, probably one of the reasons why it introduced so many people to foreign film is because it's so easy to like. Parasite is in sixth. Really good film. Okay. Number six for me uh, is Prisoners. So this, I've, I've told this story before, so I'll tell it and fast forward. But like when I first saw this movie, I was working at a movie theater at the time and we had to like you know go in every movie theater and just kind of like open the door and check it check it check them out while the movies are going to make sure you know sounds good pictures good people aren't being crazy and prisoners like i remember going in because this is before denis villeneuve had the the appointment viewing name brand to him like people weren't really flocking to the theaters to see denis villeneuve films in 2013 um so yeah i, I walked yeah. into the theater and it was that scene where freaking paul dano's getting He's in the bathroom and Hugh Jackman's going ham on him with yeah. the with the hammer. That was like the first yeah. experience. And I was like, what the hell is this movie? Like, what the fuck? Like, I need to see this movie. So I watched it. And it's just like my favorite thing to ever come from movies and thrillers usually tend to be the one that do, does this the most is when you watch a movie and immediately when you get home, you want to do nothing other than read up on it, like fan theories, deeper meetings for just like ages on just random yeah. forums you see like what do the the mazes mean all the different connections like prisoners for me like when i saw it, it was one of those like i saw researched it a ton i told like all my friends and family like we need to see this movie I, I i absolutely fell in love with it showed it to my mom and like two minutes into it she was like oh that person's gonna be the person who's ends up being the 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 killer the kidnapper and i was like i'm literally turning this off like i don't even want to watch anymore like if you got it right like what's even the point to keep watching this like screw you you just ruined the movie my, my mom does the same thing she insists on like guessing yeah. everything that's gonna it's really annoying at all the time what was awful my dad always if it's a true story he'll research he'll like pull up on wikipedia like the true story while it's happening so like we'll be watching some like football movie and he's like oh like this guy tears his acl and his career ends i'm like great you just ruined like <laughs> What's gonna what the sad moment or the the big twist this movie is gonna be? Like I hate true stories that then they just start looking up what really happened. And I'm like, I know movies based on true stories take some liberties and change some stuff, but in general, they're not gonna change the major things that happen. So don't spoil the damn movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it six? It's six, isn't it? Yeah, yes, six. Yeah. So for my six, I'm gonna go for. I, I would consider this a thriller. It's action thriller coming of age and that is battle royale um just i it's so it's so so much fun not only is it fun it's 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 got so much character depth it's a twisted social political satire it it's kind of one of those that, that's similar to what you said tyler like it had such a profound impact on me first watch and and, and rewatch really really just brought that up it's so thick and twisted you know some of the sequences Keen, I'm assuming you've watched Battle Royale, haven't you? I think, as you said, I think that was the first foreign film I ever watched. Was really? Battle Royale. Okay, okay. I think so, yeah. 
Um, I yeah, I just think it's wild. There's so much entertainment to be had. The twisted, sick social commentary that offers much more than like a uh, you know, no offense to Hunger Games fans, but Hunger Games, in my opinion, sorry Tyler. But Hunger Games are good. I'm trying to get the card. I mean, I like yeah. them. It's not a movie I'm going to get my feelings hurt over, though. It's like, I just yeah, yeah, fine yeah. movies. Um, I just, I just think it's genius. I, I really, really do. I think Tyler, I think you'd actually really enjoy it as well. But more than that, it's such a, a coming of age, you know, which showcases so many relatable issues teens face in their kind of school period years, but like pushes it in your face in a, in a really sick and um, enjoyable way. And I think it's like, it's, I think Tarantino said it was one of his or his favorite film from around that era. It might even be one of his favorite films ever. Yeah. I think it's top three. I think Which, it is, yeah. If you watch it, and Kian, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll agree with this, you can definitely understand why that would be one of Tarantino's it's films. It's Tarantino's, yeah. yeah. It completely, yeah. Because I think, I think you can also see his, see where he's implemented some of his things in his films as well. 100%. Um, you know, there's, there's a video on YouTube of him going through his 10 favorite. 10 favorite 2000s films or something like that like it was 18 films since he started directing the game in like 2009 i think that might be the one you're referring to because i saw it recently he like goes through like yeah it was, he says like battle Royale, friday he goes through like loads of different films and says the best ones from each year or something like that yeah yeah and i i saw that when i was younger and as i kind of watched those films i watched them with tarantino in mind saying oh this is one of tarantino's favorite films and when you go into it with that mindset you actually pick up on all the different things that tarantino has implemented in his films and battle royale is one of the main ones in that like even the the blood splatters and stuff like that when i was watching django unchained i was like that that's, that's from, that, from that's from battle royale yeah, yeah completely agree and it's like I think he actually tarantino said many times that he wished he would have been the one to make that film and he's always been like kind of jealous that someone yeah got the idea because it is just so him i actually haven't seen the seek have you seen the sequels i know they're not very high i haven't no yeah i know they're like no, very much not highly regarded compared to the compared to the first but yeah uh, battle royale is my is my number six anyway all right keen with the number five. number five for me yeah this was six and then i swapped it and again i think that i'm pretty sure both of you already talked about this uh memories of murder um my favorite Bong Joon-ho film, as I said, Parasite and Fifth, all, like over Memories of Murder didn't look right for me. I had to flip it around. Yeah. Um, what can I say about Memories of Murder? I, I was going to make a video a little while back of some of the greatest movie scenes because I'm sure both of you have seen it. It's like I have a video of what I think to be the 20 greatest films of all time. Like yeah, the, yeah. what I believe. Uh, and I was going to do something like that for scenes. And one of the main scenes that I was going to put in was the train track scene. from oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say From that. Memories of Murder. I scrapped the video, but it's it's incredible. It really is. The whole film. It's like two and a half hours long. And even though throughout parts of it, nothing really happens per se, you're, it's still so engaging and completely enthralling. And one of the, one of my favorite foreign films ever. Yeah. I don't know if you were going to say that. My, my favorite sequence in Memories of Murder is the final shot. When he's looking at the viewer. Yeah. So powerful. I think that's so powerful. Yeah. There are so many sequences like that, like the train track scene, where I, I would also have it in my some of the one of the best scenes I've ever like seen in film. And I think Bon Joon Ho, in every one of his films, there is a certain sequence which could be added to a list like that. He's so good at capturing it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's a great. Tyler. Um, yeah. So my number five is a movie that Kian actually does not like, and that is The Prestige. It's my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. 
Oh uh, no. Yeah. He's, he's not a fan. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I don't think a lot of people rate it nearly as well. No, I know for a fact, no one rates it as highly as me for Christopher Nolan movies. Cause everyone obviously has like, you know, the interstellar inceptions, the dark nights of the world of their number one, but yeah, I don't know. I just loved all the performances of it. I really enjoyed the, the just the dueling mag- magicians was fun. Nikola Tesla, like David Bowie was super fun. And I, I don't know the, the whole movie. I saw it for the first time. And I was just like, I think when I watched it for the first time ages ago is before I like even, like I didn't think I knew it was a Christopher Nolan movie. I just watched it and loved it. And then it, again, it was one I just wanted to show my friends. And uh, my fiance really loves it as well. Yeah, we're just I'm, I'm just a big fan of the Prestige. It's my favorite Christopher Nolan. It's just one that like sentimentally is always going to stick with me. So I don't really know. Like even though I technically think I think Oppenheimer's his best movie he's ever made in terms of like craft. I, I think the Prestige nothing will top it for me just in terms of like just personal enjoyment memories with it. But yeah, I do know Kean gives it a two point five. So. Controversial. Oh, I thought, you had, you, I thought you went lower than a 2.5. I thought you like hated the prestige. Maybe no, I don't. See, this is the thing. When I did my Christopher Nolan ranking and I had the prestige like second last, like it's one of those films where I need to justify why it's so low. Like I need to justify why I don't like it. So I don't really bring up what I do like about it. You know what I mean? Because it would have been a waste of time. Um, like I don't, I don't like, hate um, it. I thought it'd be like the conversation for you. You know, <laughs> Transport Copa is the conversation. Like, the, that's probably one of the hottest takes I've seen on on Letterboxd. Like, I have actually seen the conversation. I like I like Oprah a lot, but I haven't actually got around to it. I think it's got like a four point one, and Kian gives it a half a star. Yeah, I I actually like it a lot. Like, I bet you got some proper negative reactions. Oh, it's like, the the classic the classic TikTok comments where you're like, "There's no way that's real, bro." Only wants views, bro's only doing it to be different, yeah. all stuff like this. It's a conversation. There's like films in my head that like I just know are like the best or worst of something and the most bored i've ever been when watching a film was the conversation like hands down i checked the time every three minutes or something and i was really? just like can this, can... it surprised me because like francois Coppola, like, traditionally a lot of his films are really exciting really engaging I, I haven't seen it yet so i don't know but it really surprised me when i saw your rating on it because most of people rate it quite highly don't they but I, I might well, I've only it. ever seen it once, and I was like, I don't know how old I was, like 13 or something. So maybe it just wasn't old <laughs> enough. <laughs> you but... need to watch it again now. Because How old are you now? Wait, are you 18? 18? Okay, right. Yeah. Yeah, that long. When I think, when me and Tyler probably think about 13, we're like, that was like my life ago. But you, it was like, that's five years. You know what I mean? You probably still remember it. <laughs> yeah. Bros, we're, we're old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. I get it. Uh, Tyler, number, number five. No, I just gave prestige. So now we're on to you. Oh, jeez, I'm not keeping track of this, am I? Uh, my number five is uh, Brian De Palma's Blowout. Um, so Brian De Palma is, is slowly and quickly become one of my favorite directors of all time. I think he wouldn't be in my top five. Um, I think I've seen like 10 of his films now, but Blowout is definitely my favorite. Um, I would have included Carlito's Way in as well, but I really just don't think that's a thriller. I, I think you're drawing a line there. But yeah, yeah I, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I think uh, Blah is like a, a perfect mystery. I, I think it's um, just a, a masterpiece in kind of political cynicism with the, the final shot, the final sequence, uh, a, mass, you know, a massive piece of like cinematic paranoia. I think the use of sound is so intelligent as well, and it's rare we see stuff like that. Um, I am going to be that that cringy guy who goes on about it, but I'm a sucker for a split aperture shot. I've said this so many times, but that's, when they come on, I just like, I'm like, yeah, I mean, cool, whatever. It was like Rye Lane. Have you seen Rye Lane from this year? When they started introducing them, I was like, yeah, I'm in. 
So I just really enjoy those. I, I just really like it. And I think it was a, it's just a perfectly crafted mystery that, that goes all the ways you want it to. It's exciting. It's got that unique kind of 80s charm, which I, I really like. And to echo Tyler's thoughts from earlier, I do think it's similar to Bruce Willis with Unbreakable, by far the best uh, Travolta performance I've ever seen in Blowout by, by a long way as well. Um, and yeah, yeah Blowout, Blowout is, my, is my number five. Kian, you're number five. Now, into no, I'm on number four, four now. Come on, uh, Seth, get with the program. We're into my, it's crazy. We're into my five out of fives now. These top four are all five out of fives. So, in fourth, I have The Handmaiden, the first Park Chan-wook film that I have, and not the last. Um, I watched that film three times. I think the first, I think that's one of the only five out of my one of my only five out of fives where didn't really like it that much the first time I watched it. I watched the first time, I think it gave it like a six or seven. I literally had no idea what was going on. Rewatched it, picked up a bit more of what was going on, and then I rewatched it for a third time. And the third time, I just was in awe of everything that happened. Um, Park Chan Wook, I have said this a few times. I think his films are the best edited films of all time. I know editing is like a bit of a nerdy thing to pick up on, but just the way his films transition and move and flow. And it seems like every transition and cut is designed like it's all it's like it's the whole the whole scene is almost orchestrated to end up at that cut and even just seeing how every scene transitions and moves from place to place from person to person i love all of that and even beyond that the writing is incredible i know people don't say this much but this has the greatest sex scene of all time not because it's like erotic but because i think it's the most when people have a sex scene i think it needs to be meaningful i feel like well films do just throw sex in it's just to intelligently keep people engaged sexy you know? yeah it it's the most purposeful and it actually develops the plot the most of anything and it, park jen walk is like people don't realize this but he's a bit of a he's a romantic type of in guy all, like he's never done an all-out romance film in all of his like films, in, in thirst of romance in every single one of them there's always yeah. these and i think people mostly refer to park jen walk as being this guy who just does gritty disgusting thrillers but you watch them there is always those romantic undertones in all of them you know even ones yeah. that are... well in thirst in thirst is between like uh a priest and a vampire an old boy i can't really spoiler. say uh that spoiler the handmaiden is obviously the two girls uh but there that's again that's kind of twisted and molded whatever way decision to leave is about a detective and a well a murderer yeah there's all these like really niche paces of love and even identifying that and just exploring that i have so much fun with so handmaiden is my number four yeah that's a great pick that's a great pick well you wouldn't consider decision to leave a thriller would you like a drama romance no i would have if if i had have um included it it would have been 11th maybe 10th or oh. 11th but no it's... okay so that's fine i thought you were gonna say yeah so i i thought about it then i was like that's not a thriller because that would have definitely been in my top 15 as well I also yeah. agree with what you say when it comes to editing. I think that was a decision to leave last year when it comes to the transitions and the edits, the smoothest I've seen by far. Um, and I think te on the technical aspect, Park chan films are so meticulous and so well done. Also, I'll speak, let's be honest, everyone knows I'm going to have another Park chan film in here and everyone knows Kian is as well. And everyone probably fucking knows Tyler as well. We don't know what the fuck it is anyway, but we'll leave that out. We'll get Tyler going to his, his <laughs> number four. Yeah, just to continue the Park chan Wook glazing, I do have one still to come, not number four, and also Decision to Leave would have been in my top 20, like you guys as well. If, uh, But again, when I was going through my list, I didn't really consider it a thriller. Um, no. Number four, 
I have Nightcrawler. It's one of those movies that's just going to always stick with me because it's like one of the first that like was around the age I was really starting to get into film. So kind of when you start to really start to love film and cinema, the first kind of movies that you have an experience with at that age is kind of going to stick with you. And Jake Hall's Nightcrawler performance, I just absolutely loved it. Uh, I think it's crazy he wasn't nominated for an Oscar for it. I, I, I think lately he hasn't delivered nearly the type of performances that live up to the caliber that was Nightcrawler. And then also Riz Ahmed. I think he's a great actor as well, and he was a great side character in this. Just a, just a twisted little movie. Uh, I really love the vibe. Like, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but something about, like, the, the, the colors of that movie just, just really hit for me. It just gave it almost like a, a modern noir feeling to it. Um, but yeah, Nightcrawler, yeah. A, a lot of fun with that one. It's actually been like ages since I've rewatched it. So who knows where it lands now, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to, I'm a Jake Hall fanboy, or at least I was, especially at that age. So Nightcrawler is my favorite from him. Um, Seth. It was, it was close to getting by 20 as well. Um, Nightcrawler is definitely my favorite performance from, from Jake as well. I think, it's, I think it's really, really good. Uh, my number four is one we've already spoken about. Both of you have, so I, I need not speak about it too much. And that is Bon Joon-Ho's Memories of Murder. I also have it higher than parasite i also think it's just it's so profound but even more than that it kind of like shows the gravity of the situation obviously memories of murder followed a real case at the time in south korea at the time the film came out the case was still unsolved which is why the the final shot is just so impactful uh, impactful yeah and i think you know when yeah. people speak about memories of murder often when, when i have questions about it and they say they don't really understand where the conclusion was that's the point you know that's the point of the film yeah. it's it's to provide you with this notion of the real case and to provide you with the circumstances surrounding it and the the murders that were happening in south korea at that time i think like he said some of the most powerful shots i've ever seen some of the best shots i've ever seen bon Joon ho his ability to, to create a, 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 a create composition and create the perfect amount of frame and blocking and make it look absolutely perfect is is, is unbelievable and i also think that the comedy just adds to it as well like the drop kicks are just amazing like it's just such yeah. a funny thing to add in there it's such a Bon Joon-ho thing to add in there as well, of a film that's got such, you know, the gravity, it's such a dark related film and a real true case, similar to like, you know, you might compare Memories of Murder to, to a Zodiac, for example, that followed a real case, but actually Memories of Murder wasn't even solved at the time. But to to introduce his his, his style of uh, satirical content and comedy with the drop kicks and the funny dialogue and the, the 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 bar fight sequence is amazing and I love that so much. I think it's absolutely brilliant, which yeah. is kicking so many people in a row. Um but yeah, so I I am in the, the position same as same as both of you where I, I do think Memories of Murder is Bondrino's best film. Um and I think it's yeah, my fourth favorite thriller of all time. Top three now we are on. Yeah. Top three. In third is I'm sorry, someone has had this yet. I have Mulholland Drive. Again, bit of a question mark over whether it's a thriller. I took that um, out Blue Velvet. That was originally on mine, then you said Blue Velvet, so I put Blue Velvet in instead, because I kind of just yeah. a little bit. Um, Mulholland Drive is definitely the film that has made me think the most after watching it. I think that's the same with everybody. Yeah. Um, again, I watched that really late one night with my cousin, and I think we finished it at like 4am in the morning, 4am, and I think we only went to bed at like seven o'clock because I, I, we went to the kitchen afterwards and we literally just went back and forth discussing everything and could mean and all that sort of stuff. And I, I, I just think it's David Lynch's magnum opus, including Twin Peaks and everything with that. Um, some of the scenes and, you know, the diner scene where he's describing the nightmare the is, is amazing. A, yeah, that is amazing. one of the most terrifying scenes like of all time. I've never... I've never had that where someone like builds up tension quite like that, 
where it just builds and builds and all he's doing is just describing a dream and then obviously he ends up in the big reveal and I actually think the horrifying, uh, horrifying. one of the scenes in Inland Empire is kind of leveled up to that for me um, there's this really scary sequence in Inland Empire I think Lynch has them in like most of his surreal films where these these like in Lost Tyra for example with the mystery man so when man, in, yeah. in the bed it's so weird but that the dynasty in Mulholland Drive is amazing like seriously seriously yeah. One one of the best scenes I've ever seen as well, definitely. That you done? Uh, yeah. So let's see. My number three. Um. So yeah, my number three is also one that kind of blends the line between um, thriller and horror, and that's going to be from the master suspense, Psycho. Um, my favorite Hitchcock movie I've seen. I haven't seen all of them. But I just love everything about the Psycho universe. Like I love the original 1960 Psycho is my favorite. Um, I even enjoyed the the reboot in, in 1998. I thought that was a, very interesting. I thought Vince Vaughn was actually quite quirky and interesting in that role. But then like Psycho two, Psycho three, Psycho four, really enjoyed all those. Psycho four super awesome to see Anthony Perkins himself like be the director of that movie. So really all the Psycho movies ever. Um, the only one I don't like is Hitchcock, which is a 2012 movie with Anthony Hopkins playing Alfred Hitchcock, like basically the story of the making of psycho that's the only one i really don't like but all the actual psycho films and bates motel which is a tv show which is like a prequel with i haven't seen with yeah, the good doctor so he's obviously memed uh, freddie highmore i think his name is but uh, yeah. vera farmiga plays the the mother like I, I don't know bates motel even i love like i just think this whole psycho universe just is something that's super right up my alley so that's number three for me yeah psycho is interesting one because it's like that's like very blurred lines between horror and thriller like get out for example I actually had Psycho in my horror list recently when I did a video about it. So I just, I would have probably included it on here, but I thought I'm not going to, you know, contradict myself like that. I think it's very much whatever you think it is. It's so between, it was obviously originally marketed as a horror, but nowadays you probably see it more as a thriller because of our time has passed. But yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a great pick. It's, a, it's an amazing film. I actually, I need to rewatch, I need to actually watch the, the sequels. Um, my three is going to be what I consider to be David Lynch's magnum opus. And that is of course, Lost Highway. Um, I just, I, I love Lost Highway. I think it's just a surrealist masterpiece. I think it has some of my favorite sequences ever. Here, I'm assuming, obviously, you've seen it. I think the ending is one of the best endings I've ever seen in my life. It's, you know, when he's driving the car on the highway and his face is all going. And there's just the flashing lights, like. And yeah. the music is just, like, booming. I think that's so, so incredible. And I think that really, like, is like a fall in love with cinema kind of thing. It's absurd. It's scary. It's definitely one of his scariest films, along with, uh, Mulholland Drive, as Kian said. And I just think it has such a unique narrative that is so hard to place. I would actually probably say it's it's the most pointless to try and describe. Do you know what I mean? In terms of a narrative of David yeah. similar to like an inland empire where it's like even trying to break this down is gonna be just pointless because there's so many ways you can do it. Because Lost Harry follows such a unique pattern. Um, but that is my favorite Lynch. Uh, Lynch is obviously one of my favorite filmmakers, so Mulholland Drive, for example, is like fourth for me, but it's still what I would consider to be. I think it's in my top 100 of all time. It's fourth. Do you know what I mean? So it's like I, I love yeah. most of his films. Even Razorhead is in my top 100 as well. So it's like, uh, but yeah, Lost Highway is, is my favorite Lynch. I think it's incredible. It's, it's a film that I just want to, you know, like you said earlier, Kian, I, I watch it for the first time. Then I, I um, my mom's a big Twin Peaks fan, but she's never watched Lost Highway. Made her watch Lost Highway. She really enjoyed it as well. And I, it's, it's kind of one of those films I just wanted to show everyone around me, speak to people about it, because it, it really had that much of an impact on me. Um, but yeah, Kian, we are on number two now. Number two, I think, I think if people 
know me who are watching this think they all know that the number one and two. Uh, second yeah. is Old Boy. Uh, I've oh. talked about Old Boy loads and loads and loads and loads. One of the best films of all time for me. Uh, the best edited film of all time for me. One of the best school time for me. Some of the best performances of all time for me. Every single part of Old Boy is like more or less flawless. I can't think of any like component. Like if I pick it apart, I actually can't think of a single aspect that I don't think that I am in awe of every time I watch it. Um, what's the name of the actor? Troy Sick as Odessu. Amazing. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Amazing. And it's like, it becomes, the climax comes to a point where it should become almost cartoonish. But his performance mixed with the the score that plays during it is, it's just so impactful and hard hitting. I've seen Old Boy like 10 times probably. I watched it for the first time in lockdown. I've seen it like 10 times in the last three years. And every single time I pick up on more things, more things to love, you know, little bits and pieces and different sequences. It's one of the best films ever made. Yeah, he's a, Troy Zick yeah. is a phenomenal actor. Like I loved him as in I Saw the Devil. He was amazing in that role. Yeah. He was also yeah. in, horrifying. he was also obviously in Lady Vengeance as well, which he was great. I think he just plays that disgusting, like dirty, aggressive character, such a formidable way. And I, I, I think he's one that needs to probably get more recognition. I haven't actually seen much of him other than the three I mentioned, actually. I don't know if you've seen much more of him. I can't. I was thinking off the top of my head, I don't. I can't think of anything else. The only ones, but as I said, the three. Lady Vengeance, I Saw the Devil, and Old Boy. That's like the only ones that really qualified yeah. straight away. But yeah, yeah. phenomenal actor. Phenomenal actor. Yeah, my number two. Um... Also, Old Boy. Uh, I think it's it's one of the one of the greatest movies ever made. One of the greatest movies of twenty first century. This this episode works out well because we're recording this on Saturday, August twelfth, right now. But this is coming out not this Monday, but next Monday, the twenty first. Which means for people listening in America, as of a couple days ago, Old Boy is now remastered, restored, and in theaters. And it's the, maybe I think the only no Memories of Murder. So Memories of Murder and Old Boy, I think the only two that we all talked about in our top twenty list. Um, yeah, great film. The hammer scene, I'm obviously, we talked about a ton. And Parasite. Parasite. Um, yeah. Shout out South Korea, man. Look at them. They're getting three, the only three consensus ones in the top 20. Um, but, yeah, so the, the hammer scene, we've talked about a ton on the, the, this podcast. It's just, just incredible. And then the, the the final shot is just so haunting. And it's a, it's a movie that if you are listening to this yeah. and you're in America, go see it in theaters because, A, it's just once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be able to see it remastered and restored in theaters. But, B... Because in America, Park Chan-wook films and Old Boys, no exception, are notoriously yeah, basically really impossible to find. Like, unless you're doing an illegal stream, it's impossible. Like, it's, it's like you, no streaming services. You can't rent it anywhere. And you can't even really buy the physical media here either. So there's, like, no real options at all to get Old Boy in America. So I think maybe with Neon now picking up the rights to distribute it, maybe, like, they'll roll out more distribution of it. But, yeah, Park Chan-wook, notoriously, like, impossible to really watch. In America, at least, I don't know how it is in the UK. I, I know I think movie picks up a lot it's of them in the UK, easy. but but yeah, in it's America, it's pretty much like very hard to see any Park Chan Wook movies. So, um, but Old Boy is one of the best of all time. It's one of my few perfect ten out of ten movies, and it's my number two thriller of all time. I think, like, I, I believe, obviously, uh, when I spoke to Movie about this last, the only Park Chan Wook film available on movie in the US is. I think it's Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, which is one part of the trilogy, and that's the only thing you can get there. It's yeah. really weird how hard they are to access, because here, mm. like, movie, you can watch every, pretty much every single one, every single part of the film. Um, but there is, there is definitely directors like that that we can't get in the UK, which is fucking annoying. Uh, my number two is going to be, I, th- I think it's a thriller. I, I think it's a crime thriller, I definitely would say, and that's uh, the Korean's No Control Men. 
Thriller? I would absolutely I think so. consider it a thriller, yeah. personally. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, so, this is the film, I believe, like Kian's number one. I'm not going to spoil what his number one is, but we all know what his number one is. It's the film to get me into film. So my mom, her favorite director, uh, director Saul the Coens, and she put me on, you know, Fargo, Oh Brother, uh, Miller's Crossing, No Control Men, uh, Burn After Reading, etc., etc. I'll go on and on. But No Control Men is like the film that got me into film at a young age. I think I probably watched it maybe when I was 14, 15, where I started really trying to watch a lot more. And I think it's one of the most nail-biting and tense um, thrillers I've ever seen. I, I think uh, Javier Bardem, Bardem's performance, he just delivers my, my favorite villain of all time. Anton Chigurh, I think he has such a relentless and a menacing pace. I think it represents the philosophy of life. It's exciting. It's it has easily three of my favorite sequences ever, like the the the, the coin toss sequence everyone speaks about, incredible. Uh, yeah. You know, moral decisions. And then you've also got the motel sequence where they're basically like he's trying to find him. It's like a cat and mouse chase in between the motel. Incredible. Yeah. And every scene is is just edited perfectly, similar to like a part John Wood, for example. And I, I believe it to be. Um, you know just there are a lot of films that really impacted my my way into film like an alien like the shining like kubrick but i think this is the film that really took me down the, the path of wanting to get into film a little bit more um similar to like you know what kian is going to speak about next i'm assuming uh but yeah no control man is is my number two and your number one kian my number one building suspense uh yeah as i said if you know me you know it's zodiac david fincher zodiac the yeah. film uh, like I said, the film that got me into film, like I've always liked film. And when I first got IMDb years ago, I had like 800 or something, like 700, 800. But then I had Zodi then I watched Zodiac and it just spiked. I wanted to consume as many films as I could just to try experience something as great as Zodiac again. Um, the, the night I watched Zodiac, I actually don't remember watching any of the film at all. Like I don't remember how I reacted to any of the scenes. But I remember like as the credits rolled and as like I went up to bed, I literally was just like in awe of everything. I rewatched scene after scene after scene. I looked up the real case. I looked up um, any leads, any stories, any stuff that was like left out. I read all like the trivia for the film. Um, I consumed as much stuff about Zodiac as I could. It's like, it is the definitive film that got it. Like if I hadn't watched Zodiac, I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't be on this call. I wouldn't have a TikTok page. I wouldn't have a letterbox page. Zodiac is, it means a lot to me. Are you are you a Fincher fan in general? I don't actually know if I've asked you one before. Like, um, I like Zodiac's far above my favorite from him. I love Fight Club. I love. That's my like. I like Seven. I don't like it Seven as much as other people. Not a social uh, network. Not big. Oh, I love Social Network. Oh yeah, Social Network. Yeah, that's in my top forty of all time. I love Social Network. Um, that's my favorite Fincher. Uh, there's Hannes as well. Yeah, there's another one that I'm forgetting that I really like as well. Uh, uh girl, girl with the dragon too, maybe. No, it's not girl with the dragon too. Uh, I can't remember, but anyway, um, I there's some I really don't like. I don't like Curious Case Benjamin Button, I don't like the game. Uh, I'm not big on Gone Girl, Gone Girl's fine. Um, but when he hits, he's like he bangs, he bangs when he hits. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. What I really appreciate about yeah. Zodiac, which is very similar to like Seth kind of brought up the Memories of Murder, they're both based on true cases that at the time the movie came out were not solved. So I love that they were able to build that suspense and mystery while also not taking the liberties to try and create a false solution or try and 
think like make something up basically they both left it very well open-ended which made them infinitely more chilling than they would have otherwise been if they would have just made up a killer and had them solved at the end and had it be loosely based on the real case but the fact that both memories of murder and zodiac were based on unsolved cases and kind of leave you at the end being like shit like who is it like we still don't even know that that really just highlights it even more yeah Number one for me is my favorite Martin Scorsese movie of all time. That's The Departed. It's a crime thriller. I feel like it, it should be considered a thriller, I guess. Uh, um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I think all crime movies could be basically be thrillers. So The Departed, it's like two and a half hour movie. So it's like a long movie. But for some reason, it feels so fast to me. Like, I feel like I could have even more. I think it's because the soundtrack felt feels very trailery at times. Like, shipping up to Boston and... Uh, Oh, what what that Rolling Stones song is that's super classic that's slipping my my yeah, brain right now. But Gimme Shelter. Yep, Gimme Shelter. I, I feel like since they use such like such classic like trailer type music throughout the movie, it kind of makes it seem like it's just kind of moving along super fast and it's almost like a highlight clip of everything that's happening. But it's my pick that I post on TikTok the other day for the most stacked cast of all time. Just balancing breadth of cast with quality of cast. You obviously have Leo, Jack, and Matt Damon, Martin Sheen, Mark Wahlberg, Vera Farmiga, Alec Baldwin. Um, Ray Winston, the boy. Yeah, there, there's got to be Catherine O'Hara, uh, Anthony Anderson. I mean, not nearly the same caliber, but it's not only the sacked cast with how great the, the leads are, but pretty pretty wide as well. But the soundtrack, I just think, is so good. Um, every performance performance in that, whether it's like the main three, Damon, DiCaprio, and Nicholson, they all have their their moments where they each are equally getting their shine. It's crazy that Mark Wahlberg was the only one in that cast to get nominated for an Oscar. I just think that's just like genuinely hilarious that he was the one that was chosen to get nominated for an Oscar for that performance. Um, But yeah, it was because Leonardo DiCaprio, I think had blood diamond out that same year and they were like pushing him heavily for that. So I think Mark Wahlberg was who got like the boost for the departed, which I thought was really weird, but it's my favorite Scorsese. Um, Yeah. I just think it's a banger movie. And uh, there's just so many moments, especially like the fi- the whole final like 45 minutes. There's just so many jaw dropping moments the first time you watch it. That by the time you're end of it, you're like, I need to catch my yeah. breath. Like, what the hell did I just watch? Um, but yeah, Seth, you're you're number one. Yeah, it's kind of boring really because I feel like we've already spoke about this. <laughs> my number one's old boy. Uh, I echo everything uh, Vicky and Tyler have already said. Um, I watched Old Boy probably, uh, I want to say like around the same time as Yuki, and I want to say like maybe 20, just about the year before that, like 2019, so before the first lockdown. It was just, it's just an incredible experience. It really, another one that really, you know, I think Old Boy is like, it's like my, my no controlled men, but for international films, similar to like what Parasite yeah. is. And when I watched Old Boy in like 2018, 2019, it was around that time, probably four or five years ago, whenever it was. I'd already seen international films, but I'd only seen kind of the basic amount. And that was what led me down Park Chan-wook's filmography and then eventually led me down Bong Joon-ho's filmography. Because leading up to Paris, I'd already, already watched Bong Joon-ho's films, which obviously was a, was a massive um, a massive impact on me, you know, liking that even more. And I think it just had a huge influence on me. I think, I think like Ian said, it's perfect in every way. I can't find a fault with it at all. I, I, I enjoy it so much. I've watched it so many times now. And it's another one of those films where the first time I watched it, I wanted to show everyone. Uh, I wanted to show my fiance. She would, not watch it uh, which was great she still hasn't watched it to this day so shout out to her um i showed my mom and my mom loved it i showed i, I got my dad to watch it he really liked it as well um and i just think it's, it's a film that really means a lot to me i think it's just perfect in every way literally every way um and it's, it's, it's my favorite thriller of all time and it's one of those like probably like ian's with, with zodiac i don't really see it changing just because i have such an, an, an emotional connection to it as well uh, so that is my number one unsurprisingly so anyway 
There we have it. I figure we'll each go go around one more time and, and list them off quickly, just 20 through one. Just just list off the titles so people can be refreshed with, with which our order was. So I'll go to Kian. If you have the list still in front of you, you're 20 to one. Just list them off the titles. Yeah. Uh, so 20 is Blue Velvet, 19 is Nightcrawler, 18 is The Wages of Fear, 17 is Narc, 16 is Z, 15 is Memento, 14 is JFK, 13 is The Invisible Guest, 12 is Bunny Lake is Missing, 11 is High and Low, 10 is The Third Man, 9 is Mermaid Legend, 8 is Unbreakable, 7 is Mars Peros, 6 is Parasite, 5 is Memories of Murder, 4 is The Handmaiden, 3 was Mulholland Drive, 2 is Old Boy, and 1 is Zodiac. All right, mine was 20, Good Time, 19, Shutter Island, 18, Get Out, 17, Argo, 16, Memento, 15, Persona, 14, Blowout, 13, Fight Club, 12, Wind River, 11, The Silence of the Lambs, 10, Parasite, 9, Sicario, 8, Reservoir Dogs, 7, Memories of Murder, 6, Prisoners, 5, The Prestige, 4, Nightcrawler, 3, Psycho, 2, Old Boy, and 1, The Departed. All right, mine was uh, 20, Kotoko, 19, Blue Velvet, 18, The Might House, 17, Prisoners, 16, Rear Window, 15, The Handmaiden, 14, Perfect Blue, 13, Funny Games, 12, Unbreakable, 11, Dial M for Murder, 10, Silence of the Lambs, 9, Get Out, 8, Parasite, 7, Thief, 6, Battle Royale, 5, Blowout, 4, Memories of Murder, 3, Lost Highways, 2, No Country for Old Men, and 1, Potter and Wooks, Old Boy. Well, there you go, 60 of the greatest thrillers of all time. Accounting for some overlap no. between our lists is like 50, yeah. 50 or so. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, if you, if, I feel like thriller, especially for people just getting into film, like thrillers is naturally like a genre people really gravitate towards when they first start diving in, at least for yeah, maybe people in our demographic. I know that was the first yeah. genre I really yeah. fell in love with. So there you guys have it. Like there's a list of like 50 out there if you, and I'm a hundred percent positive that there's no one listening to this right now, except Key and himself probably that's seen all 50 of these. So <laughs> You yeah. have you have work to do if you're listening to this and love thrillers, but um, we still have one more thing we're gonna do. We're gonna do the Kian versus Seth trivia game. Um, but if you're enjoying this episode so far, make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're listening on Spotify. Rate us five stars, um, and of course, make sure you go to Kian Film on TikTok, uh, Kian Mulligan on Letterboxd, and follow all his socials there as well. He is truly one of the. Great- I just want to get this out there. Yeah. We're doing a trivia. I did really well against George, and I need people to remember that when they hear me just getting. You did really right good now. against me too. You're, you're, you're you always well, say this, is, but you always do well. But this is all I had. Like, if I mess this up, I'm not like <laughs> that. That's like I, I don't have like time to come back and redeem myself. This is like all or nothing for me. Yeah, yeah. this is true. Well. This is true. It's similar to like George when he prepared our trivia for us last week, where like I don't think any of the questions I chose are necessarily like super hard. But then uh, of course George said like presidents one of you. No, that that was wild. I think the episode kid. He was like, what did he say? He said what? What did he? No, he asked. So like from Abraham Lincoln's speech, he's like, how many years is four score and seven years ago? And I'm like, this isn't even movie trivia at this point. Like, (laughs) really weird shit. Um, Okay, so we're doing three rounds, ten questions in each round. Like I said, I don't think there's some that are definitely harder than others but i don't think there's anything that's like gonna super be difficult but there's gonna be some that i think maybe neither of you will get but the first round is pre-2000s trivia so how do we answer them do we just like take it like do we do what we did where if you say one you have to let the other person have a go yeah so just first one to shout it out gets gets the point if you get it right but like what say like kian yells out an answer for number one and he's wrong then he doesn't get to answer again until seth gets a chance to to answer at least once so it's kind of like family feud rules if anyone watched that like hit the first buzzer um all right so question one pre-2000s trivia in the matrix did neo take the blue pill or the red pill uh red 
Blue. Seth gets the point. The red pill. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. always forget that. That was a 50 50. I had yeah. no idea in my head. I'm not going to lie. I always which yeah. ones. I always forget too. Um, question number two. In The Shining, when Jack Nicholson yells, Here's Johnny, what TV show is he referencing? Oh. oh or who is Johnny? What's the full name of the Johnny? Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> I. Uh... <laughs> Oh no! I know. I, when I when you say the thing. answer, I'll know. In the documentary, I saw this. I'm sure I did. It was, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, the answer is Johnny Carson. He was a, the Tonight Show host, oh, and now he, he's basically the the yeah. the version at the time of what Jimmy Fallon is now. The Tonight Show starring Johnny yeah. Carson. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. Question yeah. number three: In 1995, Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption were nominated for Best Picture, but lost to this film. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Yep, Seth got that one just by a nose. Get out of here. Oh, neck and neck. Uh, I think, I mean, I, I for sure think that Shawshank and Pulp Fiction are both way better than Forrest Gump. I think you both way would better. agree. No, Keen's a oh, Forrest Gump. Keen loves Forrest Gump. Okay. I really like Forrest Gump. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I know. <laughs> Not a huge on Forrest Gump. Actually, I think he's fine. He's fine. I watched it with my dad when I was like 10, so I've like that, like, that connection to it. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's valid. Sorry. I don't, I, don't have the, I don't have the liberty of, uh, of having my own house yet. Yeah. That's okay. You're still a child, Kim. It's fine. Yeah. I'm still a child. I'm not even uni yet. I've right. only just finished, like, I don't know what you call it in the UK. What you call it in the UK? A levels. Like, the like, sixth form. Yeah, A levels. Yeah. Sixth form. Question yeah. number four What movie did Steven Spielberg yeah. win his first best director Oscar for? Schindler's List. Schindler's List is correct. That could be right. Yeah. Schindler's List is correct. Um, um, I feel like some of these have been massacre. slanted more towards Seth lately. Like these these films, I know are highly rated. But no, sure no, sorry, sorry. I'm just. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's fair. That's uh, crazy. Question number five: In Apocalypse Now, what does Robert Duvall love the smell of in the morning? Napalm. Napalm. Oh my god. That was that was like a tie. I don't I don't know who to give that. I thought it was me. Oh come yeah. on! <laughs> From my end, that was me. Yeah, I think it, from my end, it was me. The delay makes it difficult. I'm gonna give that one a tie because I know Kian's like uh, like a second or two delayed. So that that was that was a tie. We're gonna give that one to no one. Number six, which I actually don't know how much of either of you have seen his filmography, but what is the name of Charlie Chaplin's most famous recurring character? The Tramp. Uh, yep, Kian got that one. The Tramp. Who was it? Oh, okay. Tramp. Yeah, yeah. I think only like five-ish of his movies. He's that's just kind of his recurring gimmick character. Um, three of his films, to be honest. So right now the score is three Seth, one Kian. Question number seven. Nice. Who was the first actor to play Jack Ryan in a movie? This one might be tough. I don't know if you have you know it. Tom Cruise. It's a household name though. Not not Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Uh, Jack Ryan. Wait, isn't that the show? I don't even know that. It's the film. It's Tom a Cruise. Sh- did it's film. a show now. I think Tom Cruise has he done. I think he's done Jack Reacher. Is the one Tom Cruise is you're thinking of? Yeah, that's uh, what I was thinking. Of. Jack Ryan right now is a John Krasinski TV show, but it's been a movie franchise since like the '80s. So who is the first person to play it? I'll give give, Do you want to give us five a more seconds. I've got no. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The only clue I can think of would just give it straight away, but it, it's yeah. I don't know. I guess his daughter is married to Justin Bieber. If that gives it away, or no, his his no niece. Idea. I have no idea. The 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 no answer idea. is um, 
the, the person who shoots from the hip a little too often, Alec Baldwin, is the answer there. So no one's going to get oh, that question. Oh, no. Never. I wouldn't yeah. have got that at yeah. all. The Hunt for no, Red no, October is the that. name of the movie, the first Jack Ryan movie. Um, what is ah. the highest grossing film of all time when you take inflation into account? Gone with the Gone wind. wind. No, with me. With me. <laughs> That one again, I think oh, was a I heard dead it tie. First that was a dead tie for That's me. Tight. It's me. It's because I, uh, for the, for the viewers listening, I know for a fact Kean is a little delayed on his audio, like it's just like a, a second. So I, I, that one was definitely a tie. Um, number nine, at the end of Vertigo, when Judy transforms into oh. Madeline, what color light oh. is she bathed in? Purple, orange, Purple. Green. Yeah. green, 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 green is correct. Kean gets the points. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember Vertigo. Vertigo is like the most forgetful Hitchcock for me, to be honest. I just, it's fine. I haven't seen it in years. Yeah, my mind immediately just always goes to orange when I think when I when I saw the question just simply because of the poster. I'm just like orange, Vertigo, poster, orange, yeah. always locked in my mind. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, the last question of the pre 2000s round, but in the, in round three when you go all time favorites, there's more pre 2000s stuff. But um, which Ingmar Bergman film made the most money at the worldwide box office? Uh, wow. Alexander. 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 No, it won't be that. That one, Kean Kean got just at the last second. Oh, um, what? In general, Ing- Ingmar Bergman oh. is a broke boy in terms of the box office. He makes like no money. Yeah, <laughs> I start. Yeah. I started to doubt myself because I remember it was a mini series, so I was wondering how. Yeah, that makes sense. It would have made sense. To get it because it released theatrically, didn't it as well? So mm-hmm. got theatrical. Yeah. I, I think it made the total of the box office like three million or something. So like not not crazy numbers, but it is his number one by a good margin. I think nothing else crossed a million for him. Um, yeah. Jesus Christ. Round two. So right now we are tied three to three after round one. Going to round two, post-2000s trivia. Question number one. Which Hollywood actor plays themselves in Zombieland? Bruce, uh, Bruce Willis. Murray. Oh, shit. Bill Murray. Yeah, oh, Kean got that Bruce one. <laughs> I, I meant Bill Murray and I said Bruce Willis. That's crazy. The comeback. That's crazy. Kean gets that one. Uh, number two. Who were the okay? So I guess you have to get both of these right to get the point. So who were the two actresses? Or actually, I guess if you get one right, you'll get a point because one of you might shout out one of the other. So who are the two actresses to play Rachel Dawes in the Nolan Batman trilogy? Uh, oh, must the Maggie Holmes. Oh, Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes is one. Maggie Holmes. Yep. So you each got one point there. Katie Holmes is in Batman Begins, Maggie Gyllenhaal in The Dark Knight. Um, both, both. Um, were not great performances. Um, number three, <laughs> number three, Moonlight won Best Picture at the 2017 Oscars, but what movie did they mistake? Yeah, no, I was, you can't do it. <laughs> I was going to say that you can't, you can't give him that because I, I was ready to say that. Okay, fine. We'll, we'll make a new rule that you have to wait till the question's done being read, but yeah, that one I'll just give no great. contest. No contest. So for those playing at home who are confused, the, the actual question was, um, Moonlight won Best Picture of the 2017 Oscars, but what movie did they mistakenly say won it for first in one of the biggest live TV airs of all time? And it was, of course, La La Land, which I rewatched the clip recently, and it never fails to make me cringe. It's just can't believe that that actually so, happened. Like at that point, you just got to give it to La La Land because the fact that they were like all up there, like all on stage, like accepting the award, that was just so cringy. It's awful to watch. I, I can't stand it. Moonlight very deserving, but just one of the biggest errors of TV history. Yeah, it's very cringe. Yeah. Number four. <clears throat> There's two acceptable answers here. So what is the highest grossing war movie of all time? Axel Rich. Nope and nope. Oh. 
Is that it? Are we done? No, I'll give you each. You keep going. You can get one more guess each. Or... 1917. Wow. I think I did a lot. Nope. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it probably is that. No. Oh. No. Oh. Kian, have a guess. <sighs> I'm blanking right now on war films. Is this it? Wait, is this adjusted for inflation or not? No, it's just it's just the letter of the land. What's the highest grossing? So it, it's yeah, a movie a guess, post man. like like this is in the post two thousands category. So it's it's a more yeah. Have a guess. Movie. I guess. Uh, go Schindler's List. I don't think it is Schindler's List though. Post two thousands. No. So the right answer was American Sniper, but I would have also accepted Oppenheimer. I don't really consider Oppenheimer. Oh, a, 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 I don't consider Oppenheimer a pure war film, but it did technically just pass American Sniper at the box office. So Oppenheimer. I was gonna say like Fury or some shit. Yeah. Oh, so American Sniper. No, I wouldn't have got American Sniper. Um. Bradley Cooper and Clint Eastwood and the the fake baby doll. Thanks, Question baby. number five, yes. Question number five. What flavor Pop Tart does Buddy the Elf eat in his spaghetti? Strawberry. Nope. I wouldn't have got that. I've no idea. No. Just throw out a Pop Tart. I literally flavor. cannot remember at all. <laughs> chocolate. I, I didn't, what, that, no that's correct. Pop Tarts in Ireland. I don't even know what well, flavor. You're right. It's chocolate. It's chocolate. Yep. Yeah, chocolate Pop Tart. Buddy the Elf. <laughs> it's in his spaghetti. <laughs> Uh, okay, question number six. What movie did Jennifer Lawrence win her Best Actress Oscar for? I didn't even know she won one. Joy? Nope. Hunger Games? No. Oh, I know what it is. Nope. Uh, Winter's Bone? Nope. No? Have one more, have one more yeah, guess, yeah, yeah, have another guess, Seth. Okay. Um... I haven't lit... Or one more in my head. We can't have a guess. We don't have my guess. I know. I, I know. I know. Uh, I, I actually don't know. Hunger Games catching fire. I don't fucking know, man. No. Tell me. Um, the right answer is Silver Linings Playbook. So it was like almost oh, 10. I think it was so, over 10 uh, years ago. That was, that was my third guess. Yeah. That's what I had third. Early in her career. Seen. Early, early, early in her career. Um, number seven. Which movie has the record for the most F bombs of all time? Wolf of Wall Street. Fiction, yep. oh, it is. Yeah, Seth it is. gets it. Get out of here, boy. Yeah, yeah. All right, so right now we are. Or I'll, I'll, I'll tabulate the score after this round. Question number eight What is the first song to play in the Guardians of the Galaxy series? So, Guardians of the Galaxy won the first song you hear, which if you've seen the third one, it's also oh, the last song you hear. It's no fucking idea. It's, um, I can hear it, I can't. <laughs> I know what it is, but you lost. I I, I can't. Is, walk it, is it? Is it the one where he's where he's dancing? He's dancing like all. Where he's dancing to it. <laughs> I know, but like when it opens up and he, I, I think. No, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Come and get your love. Seth at the buzzer gets it right. It come is. and get your love oh, by Redbone. It was the first yeah. song played in the Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. and then it's played it in is. the end credits of Guardians of the Galaxy three. <laughs> so it's a, the unofficial theme song of the the franchise. Question number nine. I actually didn't look up to see if either of you have seen this film. I just kind of assumed it. It's a big film. Um, what kind of bug is on the back of Ryan Gosling's jacket in Drive? A beast. Scorpion. Scorpion is correct. Oh, shit. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the last question of this round. Scorpion a bug? I, I, no. I put this I pulled this right from a, a trivia website, but I thought that was kind of weird to him. Like, is it a bug? Right. But I don't, I don't know all the freaking biologies of animals. Um, question number 10, the last one of this round. How many years was Richard Linklater's boyhood filmed across? 10. 15? Nope and nope. I'll give you 16. one more guess. Nope. 16. 20? No. The answer is 12. 
So no one's uh, getting on that one. So well. after round one, it was three to three tie. Yeah. And then after round two, one, two, three, four, Kian has seven and Seth has six. So seven to six heading into really? round oh, three. So it, it's a neck and neck one. Um, and this, this third category is your, from your all times favorites list. So could be a, a movie pulled from both okay, of your yeah, lists, um, could be pulled so, from one of your lists. But I know for we've a, seen, okay. yeah, one hundred percent for a fact. I I know for a fact you've all, both seen every movie or anything that this is based on okay. this. Okay. Question number one, and remember, you have to wait till I say the whole question. Seth has a list of his top one hundred and one films of all time, and Kian has a list of his one hundred and thirty one all time favorites. Which director has the most appearances combined between your two lists? Ingmar Bergman. Kurosawa. No and no. Kubrick. Parchibok. Park Chan Wook is correct. There's four for wow. Kian and two for Seth. Oh, that's, a, that's a dub for Kian and Seth, though, even though I didn't get it right. <laughs> yeah. I didn't yeah. realize that. Crazy. Yep. Park Chan Wook. Uh, How many do you have? He has four. And your uh, top 131. Four? Yeah. yeah. I have three. Uh, you have two yeah. when I pulled yesterday. It's, oh, I three. Yeah, it says on your list two. Well, I'm just going based off of your. Yeah. You, both of you so kindly have in the top of your favorites list the. Mm how many numbers for each recurring director. So it made that easy. Recurring directors. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Cause like I made these questions before the episode and we've like talked about some of these, like an extensive amount. So it's going to be a real rapid fire, but you have to wait till I finish the question. There's one movie by this director that appears in both of your favorites list. What is it? And the director is M night Shyamalan. Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Yeah. That, uh, that one was just narrowly. Oh, Seth. Seth gets the W on that one. Was that close on my end? It's like I'm saying it, and Kian's like unbreakable. Yeah, it's it's because we're like we're literally all three of us in different countries, so I think we're all getting like our our audios at different times. So there's gonna be like a one second lag here or there. But um, question number three. You have one movie in common in your top ten list. What is it? Oh, oh boy. boy. No, that, that's that me. one's a tie. That, that was me. Was that was on my on mine. That yeah. was on me. That was me. That one was the exact same time for me. So I'm giving that to a tie. Um, so we are at. Kian is at eight, and Seth is at seven. Wow, Jesus, close. And we're going into question Just four. Yeah. And this one is you don't have to fight against each other because. I'm going to ask Seth one question and Kian one question is about the others list. So you don't have to race oh, for this one. I, so, I haven't studied Kian's list. Man. Fuck. Yeah, Seth, I haven't looked at yours. Seth, what lot. is Kian's number one movie of all time? Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. Point for Seth. It's Kian, sick. what is Seth's number it's one sick. movie of all time? I'm fucking obvious. I know it's all of the Lord of the Rings, but I just can't remember which one it is. I think it's Fellowship. It's all of them. Technically it's all of them. But which one are you saying? Fellowship. No. Oh, yes. Yeah, well, I don't know. Like, do, I feel like we got to give it to him because you put all three of yours at number one. No. no, no. <laughs> well, you, say, King... you say it represents all no, three but, of your things. If you're looking at the list, Return of the King is my chosen because that is still my favorite. Agree, Tyler? Fair enough. Fair eight enough. Eight. It's tied eight to eight at this point. And we got half, half of this section left. Question number five. Jeff Bridges stars in a Joel Cohen movie playing what sport? Bowling. A baseball. What? No, no, bowling is correct. Yeah. Shit. Why didn't I say bowling? The Big oh. Lebowski. Yeah, that's terrible. Do you have that in your favorites, Kian? 
top 15. It, yeah, it was on his favorite list. Top 20, at least. That's no, very good. Yeah. Question number six. What is the name of the spaceship in Alien? Uh, oh, oh, my God. I don't know. I've seen this film 78 <laughs> times. How do I not remember the name of the spaceship? I've seen it once, so I, I don't know. I genuinely have seen it like more than I've had hot dinners. This is crazy. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. I can't remember the name. You guys tell me I can't That's remember. That's unfortunate. It is the USS Nostromo. The Nostromo. Oh. And it's also yeah. a pretty the, the iconic last last line of the movie is, you know, this is Captain Ripley from the USS Nostromo signing off. Question That's crazy. I didn't get it. Question number seven. Still tied eight to eight. We have four questions left. Question number seven. What country is Borat a journalist from? Kazakhstan. Wait. Kazakhstan. You said Borat, and that threw me off. Borat? Mm. <laughs> Borat. Brilliant. Brilliant. That, that threw me off. Fuck. Ugh, I would have got that. Three questions left, and we are. That's in the top 20 as well, I think. We are neck and neck here. I think this this next question comes from something that's on both of your lists, but obviously you've both seen it. I know that for a fact. What state is McLovin's ID from in Superbad? Hawaii. Hawaii yeah. is correct. And we are back to a tie with two questions left. I don't oh, have any it's... overtime tiebreakers prepared, so. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. If it does, I'll, I'll think of something. I don't care if I lose. Something quick. My pride's here. That's fine. I'll take it. <sighs> Hold on. I need to verify that this next answer is correct because I didn't have this written down, but pretty sure it is. Yes. Okay. So what is the most recent movie release to make it onto both of your all-time favorites list? Oh, wow. So it has to be on both. Decision to leave. Decision to leave. Decision to leave. Decision to leave. Decision to leave is not correct. Yeah, I think it is. What? Oh, sh- Banshees. That's not on my list. Nope. Fuck you, kid. Why is it not on your list? Uh, I'm trying to remember my list of 2022. After Sun. After Sun. After Yeah, I think it is after Yeah, yes. it is after Sun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just oh, checking the release dates on those because well. I, I think I think well Seth said decision to leave first anyway so it, it, it wasn't right. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, so d- decision to leave got its um, initial release on October 14th and After Sun October 21st. So technically After Sun is correct. It is the most recent to come out that is on both of your lists. If Ian gets this next one right, you need to think of like a question. I will. I will. Don't worry. So Seth is at 10, yeah. Ian's at 19, and this is the final question. And so this is just a tie. Fun fact: yeah. this is not one again that you have to race for each other for. It's one that I'm gonna ask Seth. One I'm gonna ask you. Ah, oh. oh. so it's all on this then. So, oh, this is okay. Yep. So, who do I want to start with? What would, what would be the most in- intense? I think like, you start with Ian because it's like he, he has to answer it correctly. You know what I mean? Yeah, but then it, yeah, yeah. Okay, because okay. So first up, if I answer it correctly, no going. You know what I mean? Kim, what is the highest rated animated film on Seth's list? As in letterbox rating or what he has the highest? Um, well, so yeah, basically like he, his list is a ranked list of 101 from one to 101. What is the highest, highest, highest one on that list? The, the best rate for him. Wait, I don't. Okay. Um, it's a tough one. I'm going to go. I'm going to go for Monsters, Inc. No. No, it is not Monsters, Inc. Good guess, though. Seth does really love that movie. It, it was that is awesome. Spirited yeah. Away was is, number that's one. That's all I had. 
Let's see if if Seth you're able up, to. Yeah. Let's see if you're able to run up the scoreboard. Seth, Kian has a mini series ranked at number eight in his all time favorites list. What is that mini series? Mm. Also, Kian, I thought you would have said Rats to me, by the way. Um, oh yeah, mini series. Oh man. Uh, I don't think I've spoken about it much because I watched it recently. Mm-hmm. It's not Chernobyl, is it? Nope. No. It's his number eight film, or number eight in his rankings. Normal people. He gave it a perfect hundred, starring uh, Paul Mescal and Daisy Edgar Jones. Ian's in that. Ian's in I am in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? So it's a bit, a bit of bias, but like, yeah, yeah. What, what say the main character? People say that Ian's Paul Mescal. Oh. So he's <laughs> well, I hope filming Gladiator. I actually need well to watch you. It's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so well. we've we've done trivia probably. 10-ish times in the history of the Real Talk podcast and never as a came. This is easily the closest ever came down to 10 to 9. Usually it's, honestly, it's usually never really close. Usually it's like someone wins like 10 to 4 or something. So this is a incredibly thrilling, great back and forth. Um, came down to the very wire. Yeah. 10, Seth, to Kian's 9 across three genres. So very well done to both of you. Both, both showed up with very valiant efforts. Um, but yeah, that's all we have for our episode. I want to thank you all for watching big episode 50 of the real talk podcast. I will mention that this week on our real quick review, we will be doing later in the week. We will be reviewing, um, Rango Rango. So Seth and I will be talking about Rango. Um, and then, yeah, so make sure you subscribe if you're on YouTube, uh, follow us on, on all our social medias. And, uh, if you're listening to us on Spotify, make sure you hit, hit us with a, a, a follow favorite rate us five stars. Kian, thank you so much for joining. Where, where do you want people to find you? Do you want, like, t- sh- pimp yourself. Shout yourself out. Where, where do you want people to go? What do they search for? How do they find you where, wherever you are? Um, well, TikTok is just Kian Film, basic C-I-A-N Film, and Letterbox is just Kian Mulligan, my name. C-I-A-N-M-U-L-L-I-G-A-N. Go find him on both so, Letterbox and TikTok. Uh, both on both platforms, his his profile picture is like a very red, so a lot of red in the background, red red peaks. red outfit. Twin Peaks picture, isn't it? Yeah. Little guy. Twin Peaks, yeah. Yep. So so just look for the red red Twin Peaks image, and uh, you'll find him. Kean Mulligan on Letterbox, Kean Film on TikTok, and then lastly, just to shout out our Patreon executive producers: Seven Mod Jeffy, Adam H sixteen, Alexander Biscardi, Ben Leggy, Ben Hansy, Brody Young, Cody Whitney, Dakota Buckner. Dean Cotamanidis, Dylan Chip, Ferdinando Four, Hamish Edwards, Jimmy O'Connor, Jordan Gag, Josh Hines, Luke Deerhog, Oscar Trinick, Reese David, Remy Walker, Roco 1.0, Sean Morales, Stefan Johnson, Trey Artsy, Will Kim, and Zach Graves. That does it for episode 50. Again, thank you, Kean Mulligan, for joining. It was a very fun episode going over thrillers and that fun trivia at the end. Thank you all for watching, and we'll see you in the next one. <laughs>